Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Father God, we love you and we thank you. Thank you so much for visiting us today. Thank you for being in worship. We felt your presence in that. And we are excited to dive deeper into your word. So we just pray that your spirit would come on this, that you'd anoint it, and that you would do what you do best, change lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen. Hey, well, welcome to Journey Church Online. If we had not had the opportunity to meet yet, my name is JJ and I have the privilege of serving our church as pastor alongside my wife, Liz. And if this is your first time with us today, we want to welcome you to church. So come on, let's put our hands together for all of our first time guests. Woo! We are glad that you're here. Don't know how you got here. Maybe someone uh, shared a feed or a post. Maybe you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook. We're just glad that you're with us. I want to celebrate some, some wins, some things that God's doing in our community, whether you're a part of it or not, you need to celebrate it. And uh, first off, uh, our school where we typically meet at, Winter Park High School, just had their Teacher Appreciation Week. Um, if you're watching this on the live, you already heard Pastor Jenny and Karina talk about it. We were able to bless 200 teachers in the Winter Park community, uh, just show them that we love them. I think we gave them some candy. We gave them some Starbucks cards. And so all of them are coming to the church when the doors open. We know that, amen. No, we weren't, we weren't doing it for that. We just wanted to let them know that we appreciate them um, and we love them. And so it's a special, special Sunday. I want to say thank you for your generosity. Thank you for investing in the kingdom when you give, when you tithe. That makes a difference, not just for our community here, but really for the community around uh, where, where we serve. Uh, also, today's a special day because today is Mother's Day. That's right. What's up, mom? Yeah. Hey, I want you to do something really special right now. It would help us out. It would help us honor you. If you're a mama, I want you to go to the chat box. And I want you to type in the chat box right now, mama's here. Just type that in right now. <laughs> mama's here. Mama's here. We're going to see your name. And one of our greeters, one of our hosts are going to type in. If, if you're not a mama, but you're watching this with your mama, type my mama's here with her name. And so that we can greet her online in the chat box make you feel like you're at our house and not just that we're at your house. Excited about today's message. We are starting a brand new series today. And the title of the series is called What I Know For Sure. What I Know For Sure. This series is really birthed out of a, a personal struggle and also a personal practice. As a pastor, I'm in a personal struggle right now. Um, we are officially into phase one of reopening, but we don't know when we're going to reopen. We don't know if the virus is going to decline or if it's going to pick up. Obviously, we hope that that doesn't happen, but we don't know. And we're trying to make decisions. We're ordering face masks with the Journey Church logo on. <laughs> it's going to be cool. We're getting the hand sanitizer ready. We're doing everything that we can, but it's really hard to move forward when you don't know what's going to happen. And in these seasons of my life, the one thing that I've done, the one constant that I've done that has grounded me and has helped me to advance in life and ministry and marriage and relationships has been asking myself, when I don't know anything, what do I know for sure? What do I know for sure? And I start there. And uh, I come to find out that I didn't create that. I didn't think I created that, but 
It's actually in the Bible. It's in the Bible. The Bible uh, talks about this practice, and we actually find it in David's life. If you have a Bible, uh, you can turn to Psalms chapter 56. If not, it'll be on the bottom of the screen. And we're actually going to start not at verse 1. We're actually going to start at verse 0. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yes, everybody's confused. People didn't know, but the Bible has got some verse zeros. They're called superscripts. And there's what's in the book of Psalms before the psalm actually begins. It's called a superscript. And what it does is it helps set the situation, the environment, the context for what you're about to read. And so before even verse one, we see this written. To the choir master, a mictum of David. A mictum is a song that was to be remembered. The word mictum roughly translates engraved. So it's supposed to be written on your mind, written on your heart. A mictum of David when the Philistines seized him in Gath. This is important to understand before we read because Gath is one of the major cities in, in Philistia and David ran there when he was running away from King Saul who was out to kill him, but he made a mistake because the only weapon that he could grab on his way out was Goliath's sword that he took from him when he killed him with the stone. So if you can imagine the picture, the scene, oh, you, I forgot, I left out Goliath from Gath. And so he, he rolls into Gath with the sword of their champion. And the leaders of the city see him and they see the sword, which we know was huge and it was big. And so it was easily identifiable. And the moment he steps over into their borders, they arrest him. And now he is essentially on death row. You needed to know that because what you're about to read are the words from a man on death row. Verse one, be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me. All day long an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long. For many attack me proudly. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God whose word I praise. In God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? All day long, they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife. They lurk. They watch my steps as they have waited for my life. For their crime will they escape. In wrath, cast down the peoples, O God. You have kept count of my tossings. You put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. And this is how he closes it out in verse. This I know that God is for me. Now, at first, this is probably one of the most encouraging passages in all of scripture. A man who is looking death in the face and defying it. But at the same time, it could actually be, depending on how you read it, one of the most depressing verses in all of scriptures. Why? Because at the same time that David is defying death, he is open to the possibility of it. Read it again. It sounds like a great sermon, but you know what he doesn't say not one time in that whole passage? You will rescue me. He doesn't say it once. I will survive. Doesn't say it once. I'm gonna get through this. Nothing say it once. Lord, I know that the throne is waiting for me because your promises never fail. Doesn't say it once. In fact, he says, What can man do to me? Well, let's answer that. Kill you. <laughs> that's what he can do to you. And that's what he was thinking when he wrote it. He didn't know. Why, why didn't David say that he would survive? Because David didn't know. David didn't know. Yet he did not allow what he did not know to deter his confidence. He did not allow what he did not know to dissipate his faith. He did not allow what he did not know to dissolve his hope. 
Instead, he found all three of those things in the seed of the one thing that he did know. God is for me. He built his life on what he knew when he did not know anything else that was going to happen. I'm preaching to anyone today who was in a situation and you just don't know. I'm talking to, I'm talking to somebody right now who your, emer- you, you, your emergency fund, you, you think is going to last. You, you're believing your emergency fund is going to last. But real talk, you just don't know. <laughs> You did Dave Ramsey. You did three months of expenses. You got that saved. The thing is, the economy's been shut down for two months. So we got like four weeks left. And it's like, I, I, I think, I just, don't, I just don't know. I just don't know. I'm talking to somebody who wants to turn that business from a hobby into a career. But you don't know anybody who's ever started a business successfully. You're trying your hardest. You just don't know if it's going to happen. I'm talking to someone who you really, really, really want that relationship that you're invested in, you really want that person to be the one. But if you're honest with yourself, you don't know. You just don't know. There's been some signs lately. I mean, he's watching the service with you online, but he's not paying attention. You know what I'm saying? You just, he's, not, he's not in the chat box. You know, that's how you know you're spiritual when you're in the chat box, okay? You just don't, you just don't, you just don't. No, I'm talking to the single parent right now who's raising kids on their own and they seem pretty well adjusted, but they're about to get into their teenage years. And you, you want to hope that you've invested enough character development and biblical truth in their life to, that they can make the right decisions. But if we're being honest with each other, we just, just don't know. If there's anybody today who's facing a challenge and you don't know how to overcome it or you're facing a challenge and you don't know how it's going to end. If that's you, let me ask you this question. The same question David asked himself. What do you know? What do you know? Start there. What do you know? I'm going to grab something real quick. I'll be back in the the scene and just, oh, you caught me right there. Great job, Brian. Great job. (laughs) I don't know about you, but maybe your life feels a lot like this right here. I don't, I, this might not be you, but when I see a box full of puzzles, pieces, I get anxiety. I get anxiety because I look at all these pieces and I go, that's a lot of work. And that is very overwhelming to me. And uh, there's a lot of choices and it's a lot of options. And I'm not really sure where to begin. And the only thing that I've been given is the picture of how it's supposed to look. But that don't help because this just shows me where I'm not. A lot of people have a picture of what they want their family to be, a picture of what they want their marriage to be. But that picture doesn't help. We preach a lot about vision and dream like if it's a good thing. But what about the burden of a vision and a dream that's unfulfilled? I mean, I know I got that. I I want that. But the problem is, even though I want that, I got this. And how do I get to that from this? I don't know. I don't know. Unless you've ever put a puzzle together before in your life. Because if you've ever put a puzzle before together in your life, you know that there could be a thousand pieces. (laughs) There could be a thousand pieces. It it doesn't matter. You know where to start? The corners. So my dad always said, he said, even if there's a 2,000 piece puzzle, son, there's only four pieces that make a corner. Start there. Start there. Start with what you know. We have a four-part sermon series And in this sermon series, what we want to do is we want to present to you the four four cornerstones of your faith, 
four things that we believe that if, if you know these things for sure, you can continue to build the puzzle of your life. It's gonna give you energy. When you know those corners, it, it re-energizes you. It gets you moving. You, you, don't, you break out of the paralysis. You break out of procrastination. You move forward. And I wanna give you the first corner today, the first corner piece, all right? And we get it right from David's life. What do you mean we get it from David's life? Well, we get it from the fact that he is on death row. He is about to die. And, and for some reason, David thinks it's the perfect time to grab, a, to grab a pencil, grab some paper. I don't know if they had paper back then, but grab something to write on. And he has a prayer of praise with the Lord. For some reason, he thinks that communicating with God is what he needs to do right now. You know why? Because this is what David knew for sure. Here's the title of today's sermon. David knew for sure prayer works. Prayer works. Prayer works. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I came to tell somebody today who thinks that it's not working, it is working. It is working. It is working. It's one of the things I know for sure, and it's one of the things the devil knows for sure, and that's why he's going to do everything in his power to keep you from praying. But today, what we hope is after this teaching that you're going to set up prayer as a cornerstone in your life. And in order to help me teach a little bit about prayer today, I've got the person in my life who taught me everything I know about prayer. And, uh, and this is not just because it's Mother's Day, but I have got my mom in the house today. Come on, would you help put your hands together? Welcome to the stage, Liz Vasquez, my mama. What's up, mama? What's up, son? How you doing? I'm doing just fine being here with you. So glad that you're here. Thank you so much for coming. Mm -hmm. Love you. Grateful for you. This is my mom, everybody. I know you're thinking, how can a woman so beautiful mm. be a, a nana? That's code for grandma. She doesn't like that word. Um, but uh, thanks for being here. We love you. I got some questions. Okay. Um, you know, I think it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, we're talking about prayer. Um, I learned how to pray by watching you just every morning, sometimes, a lot of times at night. Uh, you'd always be on your knees. You'd always be praying. And, you know, I, I know that not every child has that. But that's one of the greatest blessings in the world, for a child to walk in on their parents that's praying, so their mom or dad yeah. praying. I've had that ability. So I got some questions for you. Okay. And we'll be able to do a little interview. Oh, okay. That's cool. And the people at home will be blessed. I didn't write these questions. Someone else came up with them. Uh, what do you love the most about your son? Are you sure you that's want to on say there? That I didn't say it. on live on TV. I didn't even come up. Okay. That's they did that. Okay. Um, I love that you're very competitive. Um, growing <laughs> up, I don't like what this is going. He, <laughs> growing up, he would not allow us to leave the table until he's owned every property in Monopoly. That's because you cheated. Or, or he would not let us get a, out of the table until he sunk our battleship. Did you, have, did you have a parent who would slip your sibling 500s under the table in Monopoly? Because that was her all day long. <laughs> I love that you're focused and that you're driven. That's good. That's enough. That's enough. I love, you. I love that you're a great father. Appreciate it. And you. a good son. I can't cry right now, Mom. I can't cry right now. <laughs> but you know Stop what that. I love the most? That you put family first. Thank you. So, Well, I listen, Vicky's going to get jealous if we don't talk about her. So <laughs> what do you love most about your daughter? Let's just uh, get it out the wow. way, Vicky. She, she's hilarious. Uh, she's funny. Um, she's got such a great sense of humor. Yeah. I love that, you know, we could be in a dark, gloomy room, and the minute she sets foot in there, she just yeah. lights she's up light. the room. She's um, light. I love that she gives 
everything. She puts yeah. other first. She's great. We love you. She's Bikini. a great mother and she's a great cook. I love it. Yeah, she is good. All right. Prayer. You've been a model of that in my life. Why does prayer mean so much to you? Um, I'm going to say it this way so that we can all kind of relate. Um, human beings need air to breathe. Human being needs a heartbeat. Without these two elements, life does not exist. There is no existence of life. Mm -hmm. And that's what prayer is to me. It is my heartbeat, so my source of life. It is so through good. prayer that brings restoration, healing, salvation, that's encouragement. Good. It deepens my relationship with God. That's good. That's awesome. So how did you learn how to pray? Because I know that like, I had the benefit of growing up in a Christian home. You didn't really have that with grandpa and, and grandma in the beginning. That's right. So how did you, how did you learn how to pray? Um, I was 12 when I gave my life to the Lord, um, but my upbringing wasn't that great. Um, my father was an alcoholic, a really bad alcoholic. He was a womanizer. He would come home many nights and he would start fights and he would even hit my mom and my siblings. And I remember after giving my life to God, running to the closet, one, to hide from him, two, to speak with God to just say, I didn't know what prayer was. I didn't know it was a thing back then, yeah. but I did know for sure that God heard me when I talked wow. to him. And I spoke with him and I learned that after speaking with God for so many nights, I was actually learning how to pray. Yeah. I was building yeah. a relationship with the creator who knows me and knows what I've been through. That's good. That's so good. So prayer was almost like a survival Absolutely. for you. You learned it through necessity. Exactly. That's awesome. Someone would probably look at your life and, uh, and you being, you know, quote unquote, prayer warrior, which is a Christian name mm -hmm. for like someone who really likes prayer. And they would assume that prayer always comes easy to you. Does prayer come easy to someone like you? No, prayer does not come easy to me. I remember one time I was about maybe 18, 19, dropping myself to the floor and just crying and crying. I couldn't formulate the words. I didn't know what to say. And all I could do was moan and cry. But I remember scripture. And Romans 8, 26 says, in this same way, the Spirit helps us in our yeah. weakness. Yeah. For, for we do not know what we ought to pray for, yeah. but the Spirit Himself intercedes good, for us. Mom. So it was okay that I couldn't formulate the words, yeah. but I knew that every tear I shed, God knew exactly what it stood for. Come on, that's good. Every moan, He knew exactly what my spirit yeah. needed to hear. So it didn't come easy. Yeah, that's great. Because I bet there's a lot of people listening right now who their prayer time might just be them sitting down in silence, just yes. exhaling, inhaling, not even knowing the words. Who's to say that God doesn't translate those exhales Amen. Into, Amen. into prayer language? Who's Absolutely. to say that God doesn't translate those stares you know, into sentences? Absolutely. Um, and so that's really encouraging. Absolutely. All right, last two questions. What was the biggest prayer you've ever prayed that God answered? Okay. Uh, the biggest prayer, when my mother was in her mid-70s, um, we had rushed into the hospital and found out that there was a bacteria eating at her colon and her that. whole system was shut down. And I remember calling you and asking you for prayer and the whole church, everybody was praying. And they did surgery. She came out of surgery, went right into ICU. She had three blood transfusions. Doctor tells me, call the family. She's not gonna pass the night. She won't last the night. And she was going through so much and, 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 and I was going through so much. I remember going home, I called the family, everybody flew in from Puerto Rico, New York, you were there, everybody. And I remember going home and just praying and saying, God, I need you, I need you to do something. And I just kept praying and praying and said, come on, God, you have to do something. And then I remember, see, it's so good when we know scripture, yeah, yeah, when yeah. you can hold on to those promises yeah. and stand on those blessings, That's you good. know? So, so I said, you know what, God, wait a minute. 
I remember that story. You gave a king 15 years. You extended his life. Yeah. Yeah. You told him he was surely to die yeah. and not live. Yeah. But yet his prayer yeah. turned your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's no better than me. Right. You love us the same. That's right. You are going to do this. Yes. You did it once and you can do it again. Yeah. So remember getting in the car, going to the hospital, got there, I put on the radio and that song that says, weeping may endure for a night, a joy. night, but joy yeah. cometh in the morning. And I knew God did the miracle. And mommy, you're still alive. Happy Mother's Day. I love you. Thank you so much. Grandma Francis, I love you too. Thank you for being here. Sorry, I had to say I that. I remember, and I was real scary. I Very held her hand. She was on right. a respirator. And mm -hmm. it was just, I just told her, I said goodbye. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't giving yeah. up. There's no way. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, well, this might sound weird, but what's the biggest prayer you've ever prayed that God didn't answer? That was a hard one. Um, it happened a couple of years ago when my daughter-in-law, Liz Vasquez, your lovely wife, called me and said, Mom, I need you to pray. I need you to move heaven and earth because the doctors are telling me that my third unborn child will not live. So I prayed and I encouraged her and I told her, God's gonna do the miracle, God's gonna heal him, God's gonna raise him, you're gonna see, it's gonna be great. And I kept encouraging her and I kept praying. We had the whole church pray. We had so many prayer warriors in my life pray for that to then find out that when he was born, he only lasted eight hours. And even then, when he was still born, I still kept believing that God had done the miracle. I kept saying, God, you did it, you did it, he's gonna be fine. And God took him. And it shook me. It shook my foundation, it shook my faith. It's like, I don't get it. I could have bet my life on it, that he was gonna be okay. I mean, I knew it. But then I realized later on, that verse in Isaiah 61 and 62 that says, God brings beauty from ashes. Yes. Right. Because if it wasn't that my grandson journey had gone home, we would not be here today. Yes. This would not exist. All those thousands of people that gave their lives to God would not be here. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, you know what, God, in my opinion, I believe God answers all prayers, just not the way we want it at times. Yes. It could be a yes, it could be a no, and it could be not yet. Yeah. I remember when we made that phone call leaving the hospital and telling my wife, my mom's on it. There's no way this doesn't happen because we believe that much in prayer, and it didn't. And what that meant for our faith and how we had to reprocess and how we had to reconnect. And uh, thank you for never giving up the faith. And, believing for us, and yeah, I believe everything you said. Amen. And uh, we love you so much. Well, we have a gift for you. Oh, I have yay. a gift for you. Can we bring the gift from my mom? Quickly, we're on live camera right now. <laughs> this is for you, um, but this is, take it out the back. <laughs> this is, let me see. Oh, we got, I love stuffed animals. You do, I know. You don't like chocolate because you say you're on a I diet. Don't. That you hate flowers. I do, I do. And so this one says, Mom. Oh, and so happy Mother's Day. And can I just end with this? Um, I think one of the greatest legacies that a mother can leave her child is a legacy of prayer. Then when we're long yeah. gone, that child can say, you know what? Mom told me that prayer is not my last resort, but my first response. That's great. Come on. This is also for Grandma Anna and for Grandma Francis. They don't like stuffed animals. They don't like chocolate. They don't like flowers. The only thing they like is red lobster. That's right. And so we got them gift certificates Yay. to red lobster. Oh, thank you. I love you. Love you.
Love you, you too. Thank you. Could you do me one more favor? Absolutely. Would you join us in the sermon, the I, audience? Because you have been shouting asked. me down since I was 12 yes. years old. <laughs> and I need that right now. Oh, thank you. Awesome. All right. Well, yep, I know what you're thinking. I have the greatest mom in the world. She's pretty special. Um, if you're taking notes, I want to get into this prayer works. And I want to give you my, not my first point, but my half point. You guys learned a whole bunch today. You learned about, you learned about verse zero. Now you're learning about half points. It's a half point because there's another half to my point. But I want to give you this half point. And here's my, my half point. Not my first point, but my half point. Prayer doesn't always work. I need to say it because I know you're thinking it. Prayer doesn't always work. And it's frustrating. You know, you've, you've, maybe you have like a story like mine. I'm not going to go into all my stories, but... We prayed, it didn't work. Maybe you prayed to get accepted uh, into that college and it didn't work. Maybe you prayed for a positive pregnancy test, but test after test and prayer after prayer, it's negative and negative and it just doesn't seem to work. We would be lying if we didn't admit that prayer doesn't always work. Um, and it's a real frustrating thing to believe, to know, because it's true. Um, and I think for a lot of us, we learned that when we were children. Because it's, when you're a child, they teach you to pray. And you're like, I'm going to pray about everything. And, I, and the Bible even says, have faith like a child. But then one day as a child, this is probably only if you grew up in church. I know what happened to me. You prayed for something and it didn't happen. Maybe it was like, God, I, my parents, dad and mom are fighting a lot. And there's talk of divorce. God, I pray that you would keep them together, that they wouldn't get divorced. But then they got divorced. And then you have to now process what happens. Prayer doesn't always work. It, it's almost like finding out that Santa Claus isn't real. Like, like, oh my gosh, but everything they told me, like what, what happened? I know that even my kids are going through that right now. Zane, not so much. He's still got a lot of faith, but Justice, maybe because he's older, <laughs> he is really wrestling with this prayer thing. And, uh, and it came out just this week when we were doing homeschool together, they were doing their cursive. They were practicing cursive. I don't know why. I don't know we don't ever use that anymore, but <laughs> apparently it's in our homeschool curriculum. And he's practicing his cursive. He's writing it. And he's, it's real, getting real sloppy. And he's getting mad at it. And he's like, man, I, you know, I'm just not good at cursive. It's so sloppy. And Zane is across the table from him. And he looks at Justice and he goes, I used to have that problem. <laughs> Mind you, Zane's six. Justice is eight. He's like, I used to have that problem. And then, and then he says, you know what I did? And then Justice, you know, you can see his eyes open like, oh, you have a tip, like you've got a secret, like do I adjust my wrist? Do I, do I fix my posture? How do I, do I slant my J's? How, tell, tell me, tell me what, how did you fix it? And then Zane said no words. He just looked at Justice and he went. <laughs> he looked at, this is real. I swear you think I make these, these stories up, but he looked at Justice, he goes, I prayed. Homeboy was praying for his penmanship. Come on, somebody. <laughs> praying for his penmanship. And he said, and the prayer worked. The prayer worked. And then as much as I loved Zane's response, I got to be honest, I think I loved Justice's response to Zane's response even more. <laughs> Zane said, I prayed. And my penmanship got better. Justice looked him dead in the eye, just deflated. Like. And then he looked at him and he said, that don't work for me, bro. <laughs> just like that. He said, that don't work for me, bro. And I just wonder if there's anybody who's listening to this sermon right now about to shut it off because they're like, oh, we're talking about prayer. 
that don't work for me, bro. You're supposed to pray when you get afraid and then you get courage. Tried it. That don't work for me, bro. You're supposed to pray in the middle of temptation when it comes on you and that prayer is supposed to create a way of escape. Uh, tried it. That didn't work for me, bro. That's why I got two kids right now. You're trying, <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> you know, it, that didn't work for me, bro. You're supposed to pray for healing. I prayed for the healing. It didn't come through. That don't work for me, bro. If that's you and you're here and you're thinking that don't work for me, bro. I know what the Bible says about prayer, but I've tried this in my life. He's still not here. She's still not better. Let me give you the other half of my first point. And the reason why I had to give you a half a point is because the half a point was a representative of a half a truth. Prayer doesn't always work. That's the truth, but it's only half a truth. Here's the other half, and here's my whole point. Prayer doesn't always work the way we want. The way we want. Prayer doesn't always work the way we want. And that's the whole truth. Um, I've got this, this, this <laughs> thing here. My father-in-law, God bless his heart, he's, uh, he's got an issue. He's a hoarder. And, uh, but, you know, he found this somewhere or bought this somewhere. This is the ISO 7X. Yeah. What is the ISO 7X? It's workout equipment. How does this workout equipment work? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but I, 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 did some, I did some research. I started messing with it before I came here. And apparently, you have to pull it. You got to pull it. So I'm going to ask one of the most fit people on Journey Church staff right now, Pastor JT, to come on up and help me. We got an exercise video today. Come on. We going in the 80s. Exercise video, bro. All right, man. So um, we're going to practice this. So, so I promise you that this works if you pull it. You got to pull it. You, you grab your hands and you pull it, and this exercise works. I'm going to give it to you right here, okay? This has been thoroughly disinfected. Please don't email us about <laughs> touching surfaces. All right, man, so you're pretty, you're pretty swole. You're pretty jacked. On the count of three, just pull it. One, two, three, pull. <sighs> Can we, let me show them in the, so the camera here. One, two, three, pull. <laughs> pull, man, come on. One, two, three, pull. <laughs> you know why? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, you probably think it doesn't work because you're pulling. But pulling's only half the truth. I forgot the other half. Yeah, my bad. Um, let go. Yeah, grab that. One hand here. One hand here. Pull. Ah, <laughs> it's like that. It's working on your back. Yeah. Now, now, let me just pause for a second. Actually, keep doing that. But he would have thought, if I hadn't intervened, he would have thought, man, this don't work because I'm, I'm pulling. But it's not that it don't work. It's that he wasn't working it the right way. He was pulling it. Ooh, but he was pulling it in the wrong direction. And when he flipped it and he started pulling it in the right direction, all of a sudden it works. Why? Because prayer, here's why we think prayer doesn't work. Because we, we try to use prayer to pull God into our direction. We try to pull him to what we want and try to pull him where we want to go. But prayer doesn't pull God in your direction. Prayer pulls us in God's direction. And turn it one more side one more time. And listen. 
And it doesn't matter how hard you pray in this direction. And th- I love that it's this direction because it's horizontally. You can pray for family. You can pray for friends. You can pray for finances. You can pray for strength. But in this direction, prayer will not work no matter how hard you try. It only works this way. It only works this way. Come on. Thank you, Pastor. Give it up, Pastor Josh. Prayer only works in one direction. Here's what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask him according to his will, he hears us. According to his will. Here is Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, when the disciples asked Jesus, how do we pray Jesus? And Jesus said, this is how you pray. He gave him the whole thing, and then he said this, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whose will? God's will. Prayer only works in that direction. It pulls you to what God wants. It doesn't pull God to what you want. This is why we end our prayer with the word amen. Do you know what amen means? It means I agree. I agree. It's crazy. You didn't know, you were, you were, you were sabotaging your own prayer. You didn't even know. You were like, God, I'm praying for a man. Lord Jesus, I'm praying. Lord, I want him to be strong. I want him to be buff. I want him to, be, to have a job. Man. He don't even got to go to church. Maybe just a tattoo of a cross, whatever. Lord God, I'm rolling with it. Jesus, you know, I'm going to go. And then what you did, you messed up. Because at the end, you said, amen. And amen means, but I agree with whatever you got for me. You know, God will never end your prayer with an amen. God, he won't do it. He won't do it. When we pray, that's why you don't hear a voice from heaven say amen, because God's not saying, I agree with that. Because that's not what prayer is. Prayer isn't God looking at us and going, I agree with what you just said. Prayer is us giving God our heart and saying, but if it's not your will, I agree with that. I agree with that. And here's why this works. Here's why I can trust this system. Because prayer leans us into God's will, but God is so utterly selfless that his will is in your best interest even if you're not interested in his will. Even if you're not interested in his will. It's true. Can we be real? We don't really want what God has for us, even if it is the quote unquote best, because we want what we want. I'll never forget the the relationship I was in right before Liz came into my life. Um, I I, I could have sworn it was the one. And I remember praying this prayer. I, I said, I said, Lord, I believe, I pray God. I said, Lord, is this the one? And the Lord didn't say nothing. <laughs> and I said, I said, I, I think she is. I say, and you need to tell me if she is, because if not, I'm gonna marry her and I'm gonna make her the one. <laughs> and so I said, here's my prayer. I said, Lord, if she's not the one, this is my prayer. I swear to you, this was my prayer. I said, Lord, if she's not the one, make her the one. <laughs> that was what I said. <laughs> In other words, I could care less if it's for my best. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just want it. I wish I could tell you, oh, I will. I'll tell you the story of how we ended up in Winter Park High School. When Liz and I were first looking for a place to meet, Winter Park High School was not our first choice. There's actually a really cool theater in Winter Garden called the Garden Theater. You guys ever been there? It's super classic, rustic, and it's just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful theater. And I remember going to visit it with my wife and it was 290 seats. And I thought, this is perfect. I said, we can be here for like five years. This is great. This is the, because there's not, you know, we don't want a place that's too big because then we won't be able to fit them with people and we don't want the space to be empty. And we started praying 
God opened the doors to the Garden Theater. God opened the doors to the Garden Theater. And we prayed and we got a hold of the owner. And after weeks of praying, no, no Garden Theater. We start looking. The only place available is Winter Park High School. 700 seats in the first floor. I told Liz, I said, it's kind of big. It's kind of... <laughs> It's kind of big, 700 seats in the first floor. I don't know if we're going to pipe and drape, baby. Pipe and drape. We're going to cover those seats. Who'd have known that just three years into a church, we have to have a second service to fit all the people that call Journey Church home. I didn't know what I wanted, what I prayed for was not in our best interest, but God knew what his plans were for our church. So even though it didn't make sense to me in the moment, did you know that no was the best answer you never knew you got? No to your prayer is the best answer you never knew you got. You prayed for the job and you didn't get it. Thank God you didn't get it. You can attest to this because had you gotten that job, you wouldn't have been able to say yes to the opportunity that just came by. No to the promotion that you prayed for. Thank God it was a no to the promotion because if you hadn't gotten the no to the promotion, you'd still be working at that company and not looking for your true passion and your true hobby and your true calling as a rapper. What's up, Tommy? I see you behind there. Thank God you didn't get the promotion because the promotion would have kept you there for money even though your heart was somewhere else. This is why you didn't get the financial blessing because had God given you the financial blessing, you'd have never learned how to budget. But when he didn't bless you with money, you had to say, how can I stretch a dollar? And once you learned how to stretch a dollar, God said, now I can stretch your bank account because now I know that you can be a steward with the little. This is why you still haven't experienced your breakthrough yet. I know it's a no right now, but the reason why you haven't experienced your breakthrough yet is because if you had experienced your breakthrough, then you would love God for what he did. But since you're not getting what you asked for in your prayer. If you're still spending time with him, that means you can only be spending time with him because you've fallen in love with who he is and not what he can do for you. No is the best answer you never knew you got. If you're taking notes, you can write it down like this. The end result of prayer is not our way. The end result of prayer is our good. The end result of prayer is not our way. The end result of prayer is our good. But now this brings up some difficulties. Ooh, I've been wrestling with this, guys. And this brings up some challenges. If the only thing I'm going to get in prayer is the will of God, and God's will is sovereign, i.e., he's going to do it anyway, then why pray? Why pray if God's just going to do what God wants to do anyway? What a great question. And if you would allow me, I want to switch from my preacher hat to my teacher hat for a moment because I love this question. I wrestled with this question for so many years. If you're just going to do what you want to do, then I'll just stay quiet. You just go ahead, be God, and run my life, and I'll just be this robot, and there's a reason. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Again, we're asking the question, if God's going to do what God wants to do, why pray anyway? Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. There's a lot of powerful words in that verse. We've got the word forgive, heal, heaven. But you know what the greatest word in that verse is? 
the most revealing word to the character of God? If. If they pray, I will do it. I believe there are things that God wants to do in your life that he will not do if you do not pray. I believe that with all of my heart. And this is tough to wrap our minds around, so I'm gonna kind of give you some, some boundaries. Here's how it goes. Prayer will never go past the will of God. It can't. God will never answer a prayer in a way that goes contrary to his ultimate plans for your life and for mine. That's half the story. Prayer will never go beyond the will of God. Here's the other half. God's, God's will is not confined to your prayer. How many people are grateful for that? <laughs> you know, like he, God's will is not confined to your prayer. I'm so grateful for that because when I prayed a prayer for my wife, I said, God, I want her to be dark skinned. I want her to have black hair. I said, I want her to be a singer. I thought we would, you know, do ministry. I would preach and she would sing and it would be a cool thing. And it's like, and I want her to do this. And guess what? I got a girl who was as light as they come. And she, at the time I met her, she had blonde hair and she could, baby, I love you, but you couldn't hold a note if your life depended on it. But you know what? I didn't ask for that. I'm glad that God gave me a businesswoman who was organized who could not just structure an organization like a church, but could help me structure my life. Hello, haven't lost my car keys in eight years. Thank you, Liz. Let's go. I didn't know I needed it. I thank God in his grace that his goodness was not confined to what I could pray at that time. So how does prayer work with God? If prayer cannot go beyond his will and God's will is not confined to my prayer, there lies a third option. And the third option is this, prayer partners with God's will. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Prayer does not bend the will of God. It unleashes it. Prayer does not bend the will of God. It unleashes it. And there are things that God wants to unleash over your family right now. If you would just pray, there are things that God wants to unleash over your business right now. If you would just pray, there are things that God wants to unleash in the city of Orlando. If you and I would humble ourselves and pray, there are things that God wants to unleash in your children. If you would just lay hands on your children before they went to bed at night and just prayed, he wants to unleash it. He wants to unleash it. Here's the second question. If God is sovereign, listen, if God is sovereign, the first is if God's gonna do what God wants to do, why pray? Here's the second question. But what if I'm praying for something God doesn't want? And can I, can I translate that? Can I translate that for you and I? Because I'm not getting what I prayed for. So do I stop praying? Because what if he don't want it? What if the reason why I've been barren for so long is because he doesn't want it? Maybe I should stop praying because he obviously doesn't want it, here's my answer to you. Don't stop praying. Write this down. It's key. Because when prayer isn't working out, it's working in. When prayer isn't working out, it's working in. This morning I was doing push-ups and my, my son saw me and uh, he said, how many, how many are you going for? I said, 100. But I can't do it all in one shot. So I'm going to do as many as I can. Then I'm going to take a break. Do as many as I can. Take a break. 90 second rest in between. So I did the first set. Got to 30. After I got to 30, I took a break. Obviously, that was burnout for me. That was failure. So the second set, I did 15. And then, and then my son looks at me. He goes, what happened? 
what, what happened? He said, you did 30 before. What happened? I said, I did 30, but now I'm weaker. <laughs> to, to which his response was, I thought working out was supposed to make you stronger. <laughs> he said, I thought working out was supposed to make you stronger. I'm like, you don't know how working out works. You know? <laughs> Just because it's not working out on the outside. Doesn't mean the workout isn't working on the inside. I might be, it might look like I'm doing less right now, but weakness today is strength tomorrow. Hear me when I preach, hear me when I preach this. Nothing produces perseverance like unanswered prayers. Nothing produces strength like an unanswered prayer. Nothing produces hope. Nothing produces the inner fortitude to do life like a delay or, an, or, or a not answer to your prayer. Nothing, nothing like it. When God is not answering your prayer, your character is being shaped. When God is not answering your prayer, your patience is being pruned. When God is not answering your prayer, your life is being formed. It's being molded from the inside out. God is building things inside of you. That's why you don't, so keep praying even though you don't see it. Keep praying even if you think it might not be God's will. Keep praying because what you don't see outside, you will experience inside. The end results of prayer are either delivery or development. But prayer always works. It either works to deliver or it will work to develop, but it will always do one of the two. It will always do one of the two. Here's my final point. I tell you, prayer works. Prayer works. Prayer doesn't always work. The way we want, the title of the sermon is Prayer Works. Here's my final point. Prayer works from home. Prayer works from home. Let me, let, me, let me jump into this a little bit. Um, I am really enjoying the teleworking environment that we are living in today. I wouldn't say I'm enjoying it. That's a bit much. I am, I am not unpleased with it because it works. We weren't allowed to meet uh, in our offices, our headquarters, because of the, it just wasn't safe. So, you know, we got on Zoom, like half of America. Disclaimer, I am a stock owner. Um, and, uh, and we started meeting, you know, via video. Teleworking, they call it. And I'm very pleased with the fact that the work is still being done. Even though I am stuck in my house, people are still giving their lives to Jesus. Even though I am stuck in my house, we are still feeding uh, over 10 million meals through Convoy of Hope. Even though I'm stuck in my house, sermons are still getting recorded. The gospel's still going forward. We had almost 40 people join the church. We had almost a, four, a bunch of people join the dream team just in this season. It's been crazy. So it works. But the reason why it works in spite of my limitation is because in spite of my limitation, I've been able to find a connection. And through that connection, I've been able to communicate I have found out that I was not just limited. This, this quarantine has helped me realize I wasn't just limited spatially. I was also limited in my ability. For example, I am very limited in my ability to solve problems. I thought I was a great problem solver um, and I realized I wasn't. But that was okay because I had a connection with the guy on our staff who's one of the greatest problem solvers I know, Pastor Joey Salazar. So it's okay if I'm limited because I have a connection with someone who isn't limited in the area that I'm limited in. Are you, see where I'm going with it? It worked from home through my limits. I, I also found out, I kind of knew this, I wasn't just limited spatially, I wasn't just limited in my ability, but I was also limited uh, talently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking is something that, you know, God is, 
by his grace gifted me in. I am not a musician. I can't arrange music or songs, but I get these cool ideas. And every once in a while, I'll get these ideas. Even though I'm limited, I can connect with a Jason Garcia. I can connect with a Steffi Atencio. And I can tell them, hey, this is my vision. This is what I see. I can't do it, but can you do it? And because I've got connected, all of a sudden you see these amazing worship sets like you see and these amazing flowered stuff. And that's all them. And they're just way more creative than I am. I found out through quarantine, I wasn't just limited spatially. I wasn't just limited in my ability. I was just limited in my talent. I was also limited in my time. There's so many logistics that go into reopening and conversations with the banks and the federal government and I am not good with the details and with the processes, but I know someone who is the best in the world at it. Her name is Karina Vasquez. No relation. She spells it with a Z, like a weirdo. Um, no connection, no relation. But I, even though I was limited, because we had a connection. Even though I was home, I was able to communicate and I was limited, but she wasn't. I hope, I hope you see where I'm going with this. If you have a connection, if you have a communication, that even though you're limited at a certain area in life, that communication and connection will get you through. I came to tell somebody who feels like they can't take the next step in their faith with God because church is closed. Well, don't worry if church is closed. Why? Because prayer works from home. You can be at home right now and call down a breakthrough in your life. You can be at home right now and connect with the Spirit of God. I came to talk to somebody who feels like they're stuck in a mindset. Maybe you're having trouble believing in the word of God or that God even exists, don't worry, guess what? Prayer works even with a messed up mindset. Came to talk somebody who's caught in a vicious cycle, somebody who's caught in a moment of weakness, that's okay, somebody who's caught in fear. Prayer works from fear. Prayer might even work the best from fear. Just ask David who was on death row writing some of the most beautiful Psalms. Just ask Paul who wrote some of the most beautiful books of the Bible while his life was on the line, prayer works. Don't take my word for it. Take the heroes of the faith for it, their word. Just ask Paul and Silas, who at the midnight hour while being arrested for preaching the gospel, started to lift up a prayer of praise. And as they lifted up the prayer of praise, all of a sudden the other prisoners started lifting up their praise too. And the Bible says that God sent an angel and an earthquake shook, shook, shook the prison doors and the chains fell off. What am I trying to tell you? That prayer works from a prison cell. If you are in bondage this morning to an addiction, if you are in bondage to a struggle, hear me, prayer works from bondage. Prayer works from a prison cell. Don't believe me? Don't believe Paul? Don't believe Silas? Ask Jonah, who God told him to preach to Nineveh and he went the opposite way to Tarsus. A storm came, knocked down his ship. He jumped off his ship to save his life. And as he was drowning, a big old fish came and swallowed him up. And he was in that fish for three days. But on the third day of being in that fish, he recognized that he could not do life on his own. And so he began to pray, God, would you forgive me? God, would you give my calling another chance? I thought I lost it in the last season. Will you call me again? Will you empower me again? Will you forgive me again? And God heard him from the depths of the sea. Why? Because prayer works from the belly of of a whale. Prayer can work in a situation where you feel like there's no way out. Prayer works in inescapable situations. Prayer works. Don't believe me? Ask Joshua, who was in the middle of a battle. And in the middle of the battle, he needed more sunlight in order to win this battle. 
and the enemies were coming from each direction. But in the middle of the battle, with arrows flying on both sides of him, he lifted up his eyes to God and said, son, ooh, if he'd have known who Jesus was, he'd have said in the name of Jesus, said, son, in the name of Jesus, stand still. And the son stood still. You know what I get from that? That prayer works in the middle of a battlefield. Come on, somebody. You might be fighting a battle with your mortgage on the right, a battle with your marriage on the left. You got arrows coming from every direction. That's okay. Prayer works from the middle of a battlefield. If you just lift up your voice to God, don't believe me, ask Lazarus, my man Lazarus, who was dead in a tomb for four days and while being dead in a tomb, wrapped up like a mummy, heard the voice of the Lord from Jesus saying, come out and come back to life. What am I trying to tell you? Prayer works from a grave. Prayer works from a tomb. Prayer works when there isn't a part of you that is alive. When everything inside of you is dead, when your joy is dead and your hope is dead and your faith is dead and your confidence is dead, pray works. Even from there, don't believe me, ask Jesus, who had pierced hands, pierced feet, crown of thorns on his head, and his final prayer was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And in one prayer, erased an eternity of transgression in one prayer, erased an eternity of transgression. You know why? Because prayer works from a place of persecution. Prayer works from a cross. You might feel like you've been hung up. I want to let you know today as you hear this, prayer works from home. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. Prayer works right here, right now, wherever you are. Prayer works. I dare you to try Come on, all over, wherever you are today. Would you just for a moment, bow your head, close your eyes. Here's what I want you to do. You've been afraid to pray something because you're afraid of the disappointment. You've been afraid to pray something because prayers let you down in the past. Hear me, prayer works. Maybe not always the way we want, but it works. Maybe you feel like I can't pray. I'm an atheist. I can't pray. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an ex-con. I can't pray. I'm a divorcee. Mm -mm. Prayer works from home, wherever you are. Here's the last thing I want you to write down before we pray. Listen, don't let your connection cause you, don't let your condition cause you to doubt your connection. Don't let your condition cause you to doubt your connection. He's here right now. Come on, let's pray. What is that prayer? Maybe it's a son or a daughter who's been straying away from God. And you're about to give up on that prayer because you're not seeing the results. Keep praying. Prayer works. Well, maybe the, the bills are piling up and you're not really sure of a way out and your first response is to go to work and to find a job and to apply for assistance and all of that is good. But can I encourage you? Let the first thing be prayer. God, I need your help because prayer works. Maybe you're chasing a dream and things aren't going the way that you thought they would go. You thought you'd be further in your career. You thought you'd be further in your calling and you're about to throw in the towel. Will you just, before you do that, will you just pray right now? God, speak to my heart. I need you to make a way where there is no way. Pray right now. It's gonna be a little awkward, but I'm gonna give you 15 seconds right now. I'm gonna be quiet and I'm gonna give you 15 seconds to throw up that prayer right now that you know you need to pray because it works. It works, it works. Well, maybe it's your mental health. Maybe it's that pregnancy. Just throw it up again. Throw it up again. Prayer works. And I just declare right now, we're going to hear testimonies from this message. 
We're gonna hear testimonies in the chat. We're gonna hear testimonies in email. I prayed. God did. God delivered or God developed. Are you ready? 15 seconds right now. Just throw it up to the Lord. That prayer. Go ahead. Father, we believe you heard that. And we believe that you're going to do that. We trust in your will. Whatever it may be, we surrender. Here's the, here's the big word. Are you ready? Amen. We're going to say it on three. Remember what it means. I agree. I think you're going to do it. But even if you don't, I agree. On three. One, two, three. Amen. Amen. One more prayer. And I want to make this prayer to go out to anybody who's relationship is far with the Lord. Maybe you've come to church when you were younger. Maybe you've never been to church. Maybe this is your first time really experiencing Christianity the way it's supposed to be experienced, life-giving, hope-filled. If that's you today and you want to come to Jesus, let me tell you, prayer works. You don't need a membership card. You don't need to be the right shade of skin or come from the right pedigree of pastors or ministers or right where you are. Prayer works from home. And so if that's you, when I say three, I want you to raise your hand as a signal to others, to yourself. You say, well, jam in a room by myself. Nobody can see me. You see you. The enemy sees you. This is your statement to him. I'm not going back. My life is different from this point. When I say three, I want you to raise your hand. Jesus, I need you in my life. I'm not sure what it all means right now, but I, I know this is the right thing. On three, raise it up. One two, three. Right now, shoot that hand up. Come on, I see it. I see it. Would, would you help me pray this prayer, everybody in this room? And I'm going to lead you through this one. Father God, I believe prayer works. My life hasn't been. My choices haven't been. But today I choose to believe that you do live inside my heart. I want to start a new relationship with you today. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.